You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view on frontier markets from Rishir Desai, fund manager at Asia Frontier Capital. Good morning, Rishir. Good morning, Nitin. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, the Asian frontier markets have been outperforming global markets quite significantly this year. So why the strong performance and is it set to continue? I think if you look at what happened to in general global markets and especially frontier and emerging markets in 2022, there were various headwinds you had a very aggressive U.S. Fed raising interest rates very aggressively. You had a stronger dollar. You had higher commodity prices and oil prices because of the war in Ukraine. So a lot of uh, headwinds all came together all at once for frontier and emerging markets last. So that kind of affected sentiment in these markets. But I think as we entered the new year in 2023, at the beginning of, of the year, especially in Asian frontier markets, inflation, interest rates had kind of peaked out. Central banks in our universe had become very aggressive in raising interest rates, given the headwinds they faced from inflation, plus a stronger dollar and aggressive U.S. Fed. Uh, but as we entered probably the new year, especially probably second quarter of 2023, inflation kind of started tapering off in many of our markets like Sri Lanka, Vietnam, and also countries in Central Asia like Georgia and Kazakhstan. So what we've seen, in the last, especially in the first three quarters of this year, uh, given that the U.S. Fed uh, has is pretty much done with their interest rate raising cycle, at least the hawkish part of it, they're not going to be as aggressive as what they were last year. Central banks in our universe have become more confident in managing their monetary policies, given that inflation is coming off and, you know, and the commodity prices have also eased off in the last one year or so, and the macro headwinds have eased. So you've seen central banks in our universe cut interest rates pretty aggressively in many of our markets. For example, Sri Lanka has cut interest rates by almost 500 basis points since June. Vietnam has cut interest rates by 150 basis points uh, since April. And also countries like Kazakhstan and Georgia have begun their interest rate easing cycle in the last couple of months. So overall, I would say broadly, in general, the bigger re- the, the, the major reason for the recovery or the strong stock market performance in, in the Asian front universe is these interest rates coming off significantly and also the macro headwinds cooling down. I mean, last year we saw Sri Lanka almost in crisis with the oil and then, you know, the government being mastered and all of that happening, not enough money. So it's been quite a big turnaround in Sri Lanka, hasn't it? Absolutely. I think, uh, if you, I mean, if you just took a, take a step back uh, in terms of Sri Lanka, it's not just last year it was, which was tough for them. They've had a tough time over the last probably four or five years, start beginning with 2018. At the end of 2018, they had a political crisis where there was some kind of conflict between the Prime Minister and the President. In 2019, they had the Easter Sunday attacks, which negatively impacted the tourism sector. And from 2020 to 2021, they had the pandemic, which also affected tourism. And last year, they couldn't really, couldn't really recover or benefit from the recovery in global tourism because of the social and political issues they've had. So they've not really got a chance to even recover from the setbacks they face. And of course, I think end of last year was pretty much the bottom for them economically in terms of and also politically, I guess. But I think so far this year, they've done a pretty good job given the position they were in. So they've got the IMF deal. They've got more political stability. And more importantly, tourism is seeing a very strong turnaround. So in the first nine months of this year, they've done about a million tourists. Uh, they'll do about one and a half million tourists for the year. Uh, so they'll be back to about 70% of pre-pandemic uh, tourist arrivals, plus remittances have come in strongly as well so far this year. So that's very important for building up their foreign exchange reserves. 
And yes, like I mentioned earlier, in, inflation interest rates have come down significantly. For example, inflation in Sri Lanka for the month of September was just 1.3%. So there's more room to cut interest rates. So overall, broadly, macro is getting more positive and more importantly, the external indicators like tourism and remittances are improving significantly. It's definitely sounding very promising. Um, so what about the likes of, say, Vietnam, Bangladesh? They seem, Are they benefiting from the fact that supply, global supplies are moving away from China and starting to focus on other markets and everyone talks about Vietnam and Bangladesh. I mean, India's also been a beneficiary of it. Is, is, that a, is that what's boosting those markets? Yeah, I mean, Bangladesh is very focused uh, primarily on garment exports. So, in fact, they are now the second biggest garment exporter globally after China. In fact, they've done very well. They've gained market share in the global, expo- uh, global uh, garment export market uh, in the US and also in the European markets. Uh, at the expense of China because many companies are now shifting some production of garments into Bangladesh as well. But like I said, Bangladesh is very focused on garment exports and uh, they have done well. So for example, garment exports for this year, despite what's going on globally uh, in the US and EU, garment exports are up up about 10% for the year, which is much better than the other regional peers who also export garments like Vietnam, Indonesia, uh, Cambodia, and maybe even India and Pakistan. So they're outperforming the peers in the garment export sector. Uh, But Vietnam obviously is the key beneficiary in Asia from the whole supply chain shift, at least in this part of the world, uh, given that they've built up a strong ecosystem for manufacturing exports over the last 15 or 20 years. And what we've seen post the trade war uh, and the geopolitical tensions between US and China since the beginning of 2018, Vietnam's exports to the US from 2017 to 2022 have grown by almost three times from about $42 billion to about $110 billion. So that they are the, they are the prime beneficiary from this shift of global supply chains and this shift in geopolitical tensions. Uh, and I think uh, Vietnam is, go- is going to benefit even more going forward given the fact that the US president was just in Vietnam a few weeks ago and they signed a comprehensive strategic partnership which will help Vietnam even build up that export sector further in terms of diversifying and moving up the value chain in terms of technology exports and semiconductor exports. Okay, we have about 25 seconds left. So out of all these markets and the frontier markets, which is the one that you favor and why? Uh, Over the next three to five years, structurally speaking, Vietnam for sure is my favorite market, which I've spoken on the show before as well. They're the key beneficiary in Asia from the supply chain shift. They've got strong demographics, young population, improving infrastructure, uh, and they'll get back to about GDP growth of 6% or more going forward as well. Uh, and of course, valuations in Vietnam are more attractive than the other Southeast Asian markets. So by far, Vietnam is my top choice. All right. Um, unfortunately, it's been very, very short, but that's all the time we have for you today. Thank you very much. That's Rashir Desai, Fund Manager at Asia Frontier Capitals. Thanks for coming on.